Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to part two of a discussion with Matt Evers and Ella Day about attention-seeking. What would you say, Matt, is the most attention-seeking thing you've ever done in your life where you've sort of woke up the next morning? We're going to have to discount our careers here because I'm sure you've been fired out of a glitter rocket and landed in someone's arms. We can't count anything like that. Pretty much. But you know where you've, where you've got up the next day and you're like, fuck me, am I, am I my mental health okay? Do I really need to do that? Do I, do I need that much attention? Is there something wrong with me? I mean, within my career a little bit, I did um, the Full Monty Ashley Banjo's show, Getting Butt Naked on Stage. And I mean, granted, that was for charity and that was for male testicular cancer awareness. And, you know, there was a lot of really good things behind it. But I did wake up the next day thinking, ooh, did I really need to do that? Could I not have started a GoFundMe page and donated... you know, the, that money to to the charity. Can I ask you, because that's what that, that's got to be the most attention-seeking thing one can do, is to, whether mm. when you're someone that just streaks, which I have done in my younger days, just run across a shopping centre naked just to see what <laughs> happened. Or, or whether... Or, or, yeah, it's, quite a, it's quite a straight man thing to do, actually. Yeah. Like, to go, hey, my knob's out, I've got my bollocks out yeah. in Tesco. But I would never done it with people filming in an audience, and I have been asked to do that very show you just named. And of course, as soon as there's a charity behind it, you feel like, well, I'm not going to get the fame whore judgment. So I've got a genuine window here to do something which normally would be fame whorey, but it's got a charity window. I can do this if mm. I want. And I was too scared. Yeah, it was a step too far. So I'm wondering if you found it liberating or. I know you're saying the next day you're like, oh, did I need to do that? But at the time, what did it feel like? It was actually really liberating. And I think the environment that we were in, because there were uh, 50 currently men battling cancer that were on stage with us. Mm -hmm. And to see them going through their battle and being in that environment with them was, it, it was absolutely incredible. But at the moment, it was very liberating just to be like, here I am, you know? And I think it wasn't till the next day that I realized that it was going to be broadcast to millions that then I, I freaked out a little bit. They don't show the full Monty on telly though, do you? They don't know. I mean, it's lit. It's, it's lit very well. Thank God. <laughs> as soon as you like rip your trousers off and the lights come, cause you, you become backlit at oh, that my. moment, you know, so it's kind of hard to see, but you can see everybody in the audience. Cause you know, the lights are actually on them. They're trying to adjust the dirty fuckers. And everybody's doing like <laughs> yeah. this. Like, I've had a little, you know, the little clip on reading light pinched onto the flesh of my hip that comes over the one you can put on a book. <laughs> Yeah. That would have been sufficient. And the magnifying yeah, glass. Yeah, a David Attenborough you know, but... macro lens that we've <laughs> Lady Birds with. But no, it was it was very liberating. Um, 
I'm glad I did it because, you know, for the research and, and the cause. But yeah, I mean, I think getting naked is by far the, the most attention seek in public is the most attention seeking thing that's probably out there. So I'm wondering, Ella, what, what yours is out of L of a day, maybe, or even as L of a day. You know, you're not working. You didn't need to do it. Have you in character ever done something where you're like, why the fuck? I was already dressed as L of a day. Did I really need to go up that lamppost or, you know, <laughs> or whatever you've done? I don't know. I can't even think of a, a time. Probably putting myself out there to go on Drag Race was probably the most attention seeking thing I will ever do in my whole life because we'd just come out of a lockdown I hadn't been working and I'm just like, I'll go on a TV show. You know, I don't, I've only been doing drag for three years as well. So it was like a huge risk, but I was just like, do you know what? The exposure, you know, it's going to be great. So I, I would say that for me, because I'm, I'm naturally quite a shyish person when I'm not performing or doing drag. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, I like to do my own thing. So for me to actually go out of the box and go, right, do you know what? I'm going to put myself up for scrutiny by the whole world on this TV show in drag, which I haven't done for very long. I think that was me really attention seeking. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I've said, I've just said no to full Montying my scrotum this time. I just think I won't be able to resist the chance to star jump at the end to get, to get the tradition, <laughs> traditional scrotum. Or get it out really early. Yeah. <laughs> just start with a cock out in a song. <laughs> but I've also just been asked to do a drag thing some sort of itv yeah, project yeah. or something where you're going to be mentored are you working on that show no but i know what you're talking about yeah and i'm thinking about it it's you something I've it. Never, i got dressed i got dressed up once to help my wife's business that's what all men say isn't yeah it? sure wife, <laughs> no, it really was my wife had an eyelash brand so there's a guy up north patrick something i forget what his name is a prominent drag artist. he did me up but i came uh, what's putting me off is i came out i thought i would be quite a, a good looking bird but i came out like a sort of 50 year old <laughs> aging Hollywood you know like with the steel blonde hair like you should have seen me in my prime yeah. darling I don't want to be like that I want to be some fit like fitty no, you, you should do it up. 100% do it you'll find it so liberating you know even if it's just for the TV however long that show is like it'll be you'll feel so liberated I, I tell you Russell do you think though that these reality shows and not not something that has a focus like you know drag race or dancing on ice but these proper reality shows that is, to me, in this industry, the most attention-seeking thing you can do. Probably, yeah. Because you're not playing a character. Mm. It's not a skill. You just want to be famous. Yeah. That's the end goal. You want to be famous. Love, yeah. I Love Island. I mean, that has changed the game. Post Big Brother onwards, and the latest one, I suppose, is Love Island. I have worked on that show a bit. And there was a definite shift between the first series, where it was certainly people who think, oh, I might get famous, but we're looking to get laid on TV and have a wild time, to people with already got that 8,000 Instagram followers. You know, I might half-nosh someone off, but it's not really about that. It's about building my profile and then doing public appearances afterwards. So it's sort mm. of become professionalised attention-seeking. There's now a career structure. The initial ones were pure ego. I want to be on Big Brother, I want to be famous. But now there's like a career structure. Your office junior is your audition tape. You do your degree of the programme and then you do your master's mm. afterwards of the tabloids. And then you can make seven figures off of it, you know? I suppose, who are we to judge if they're paying the freaking bills, particularly if they come from F4? Um, I want to talk about um, the, something I get away with because because of what I do for a living, I sort of get a free pass when I'm being attention-seeking out in public or online because it's funny and entertaining. But why does mm. that get a... Why do I get a free pass? So say like I was repeating your exact example, Matt, whereas I was, oh, I'm down on the beach, and it was just an excuse because I had a really funny impression or a really great joke to tell. Just as bell end, really. 
Uh, there's no reason for me to be on that beach. I've just wanted the attention of telling a joke. So is it different to me whipping my top off? If I've worked the whole fucking summer off to drop to 10% body fat, which I have, ladies, DM Miguel. Uh, <laughs> but, no, but what is the difference? I've worked, probably worked just as hard on that joke as I have on my bod. And yet we, we sent, we, there's like a funny and entertaining pass we seem to give to attention-seeking behaviour. <laughs> I love exposing prejudice that we don't know exists. Yeah. And I think that's one in our society. Oh, he's funny. Oh, get away. And you've seen some quite not... Look at Boris Johnson. Oh, he's funny. Yeah, he had a party in the garden and 200,000 people died from COVID. But he's a funny and entertaining character. I mean, because I look at... If you were to do something like that and I was on on that beach, I kind of find that confidence attractive. Mm that you would be able to go out there and, you know, stand up in front of a thousand people and act like a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? And because you've got the confidence to do that. Um, and I do, I, I sort of envy that a little bit because not everybody has the confidence to be able to do something like that and or the confidence to be able to get away with the shit that Boris has gotten away with as well. True. You know, True. that he thinks his shit don't stink. Well, it probably doesn't when you're eating avocado food in the garden. <laughs> uh, Ella, Ella, what do you do? You think that there's a sort of prejudice toward? I mean, that I read a brilliant book called um, by Susan Cain. It's about C A I N called Quiet, and it's a there is a prejudice in our society. There's lots of hidden prejudices. Some of them would blow your mind, but towards extroverts, you put get a brainstorm together with ten people, five extroverts, five introverts, and without telling the group, you've given the five introverts the best solutions in advanced research and let the extroverts go for it. The moderator will still go with the extroverts' ideas, mm. mostly, because they're better at selling them. So louder, attention-seeking shop doesn't necessarily mean better. We have a, an inbuilt, Matt might say we're socialised towards it, prejudice towards it, which can be quite dangerous. Mm. Well, it's like, it's like in acting, in TV. It's not always what you can do, it's who you know, isn't it? And it's usually the louder bigger characters, more confident people that are going to get the job. They're not necessarily the best for the job. They're not the best singer, the best actor, the best comedian, but maybe they've come mm. across as the most confident and I can do it, you know, which is always an attractive quality, isn't it? When someone doesn't give a fuck too much, they're just like, oh, I can do it, don't worry. Yeah, got it. And uh, yeah, there is prejudice towards people that are more confident are always going to get the job, I think. That's what I've experienced. Listeners, if you want to listen to some others, which are, which are much worse, things you can't change because of how you've been born, to me, just the, as, as bad as race and, and gender, height. For every inch of a man's height, he falls below six feet. He loses 10 to 15% of his income on average. Really? I mean, what, what, why aren't we marching about this <laughs> shit? <laughs> I, no, you, you cannot, with any surgery... Change your height mm. to at the point of record. You are that is your height for life. You can't change your height persuasion. You can't change your height color. You are fucking five seven. If you're five seven, I'm five ten by the way. Five seven. <laughs> I just found that outrageous. So listen to our height episode if you want to hear more about that. Okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What about attention-seeking for people that are sad? I'm thinking... I don't mean to make it all about um, social media because it's not, because people do this in real life too. But your classic Facebook thing would be something really bad is happening to me, but don't ask me because I can't tell you on here post. Mm. I've never quite understood what the purpose of that is. Is it a cry for help? If you genuinely don't want help, I wouldn't post that to start with. Just fucking keep it to yourself. If you genuinely do want help, put please someone message me underneath, which is fine. I've got no problem with someone posting an actual call for help. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? I'm watching this series on Netflix right now called The Girl from Plainville. And it's one of these true crime series. And it's about she, without giving too much away, well, you can Google it, but she um, helps kill her boyfriend for attention. Oh, right. Like Munchausen. Isn't that called Munchausen's or something? Where you harm you yes. harm people to get attention. It's Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yeah. And you harm yourself. It's Munchausen's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And <sighs> she she's a very sad girl. You know, she's 17, 18 years old when this happens and comes from what looks like the perfect home. You know, mom and dad have been always been married, you know, probably million dollar home, this, that and the other. But she's very lonely. And she, you know, doesn't, she doesn't know how to keep friends. She doesn't know how to have relationships. And she does what she does to her boyfriend because she all of a sudden becomes popular, you know, and it's, 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 it's a very hell. sad that's situation. The, that is the ultimate negative attention seeking. What do you think of this, Ella? People that create situations or stage things or post things or even people that go to the pub and on purpose sit with oh, sad body language yeah. with no, no intention uh, we're not talking about, be, be very clear here, listeners, we're not talking about people that need to be asked once, checked in with twice, are you okay? We're not talking about that. We're talking about people playing a game with negativity yeah. to get attention. It does, to be honest, it does my head in. I've seen over the years <laughs> so many people that are like, I can't believe what just happened, dot, 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 on social media, expecting people <laughs> to be like, oh my God, what happened? Are you okay? And then they don't reply. It's like, why are you doing this? What is the purpose apart from to feel like you're still, I don't know if it's a relevance thing, if you want to feel like you're relevant still, or you just want people to comment, to feel sorry for you. I've, I've never really understood it. And like you say, people that will sit there and be like, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. Are you? And it's like, you know, they just want you to ask if they're okay, but they don't want you to ask if they're okay. What do you want us to do about it? And like, people are genuinely sad, but I don't often see them. They're not the ones doing that. But are they? Surely there's a, there, there is a category of people that aren't sad when nothing has happened. They're like, they're bored. 
Sometimes I think people muddle up being sad with boredom. Listen, we talk about sadness and depression on here a lot. I'm not yeah. belittling it. We're to- In fact, it's important for people who are genuinely sad and depressed that the people who are bored and pretending to be sad for attention need to up their fucking game. Mm. So the people that actually need help in, in our social group can be focused on In a group of 12 people, if three people are being bellends that are bored and one of them's genuinely suicidal, they're going to get lost amongst the three. Yeah. I think you so. hit the nail on the head. People confuse boredom with sadness. And we have to keep in mind that boredom is a choice. There's always something to do, even if it's going out for a walk or whatever. And I think you're right. The people that are genuinely sad do need to step up their game because, again, I think we're I've had a friend a couple of years ago take their own life. And it, we typically see that these people who are the saddest like that don't ever reach out because they don't no. feel like anybody will listen. How do we reach these people back in Europe? I know we're not neither one of us are qualified in this subject, but I know. Could, if it's okay to talk about, what do you think you could have done different? Do you think checked in more, checked in three, four times, become yeah more, more annoying? Like when I'm working with men on this, I say, be, just don't be scared about being a little bit annoying. Yeah, well, I think it is people like yourselves within the straight community who that have profile is to keep talking about it and to show yourself when you're upset. You know that it's okay for men to cry this faux pas about, you know, that a man's not allowed to cry or be sad. But I think you're right. It is checking in three to four times. And the studies that are now coming out over this say you have to do that because the first time they're probably going to say, yeah, I'm fine. The second time, mm, third time, they're going to probably not back down or, you know, they'll they'll come forward with whatever might be, might be mm. the problem. And I think for me, it was just checking in more often and being aware of the signs too. Cause when people go quiet is when you need to be concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ella, right. So we've only got five minutes left and I can't not ask this with today's uh, lineup and I'm going to get you to answer first, <laughs> but uh, I'm convinced that the Brits have a different attitude to attention seeking to a lot of places around the world. Don't get me wrong. We, we, we don't have, I always say to my American friends, you'll never see an in-between Brit we're either quiet, looking at our feet, sexually repressed, not engaging in conversation, or let's go fucking mental, Gary, I've got my ass out on a lamppost. <laughs> Whereas Americans sort of exist in like an ambient space in between that the whole time, yeah. gently emoting. Um, so I'm wondering if there's a, a, a sort of national characteristic to attention-seeking and that the laziest and easiest Comparison is always American versus British. The same language, same interests, more or less the same sports and music. Everything's the same, really. We all like the same sort of food. The only thing that's different is we're British, you're Americans. A lot of the variables are controlled out. Mm. And when I'm out with my American friends from working in the States, you know, a coffee in the afternoon, people are sharing and explaining, and it's all going on. Uh, we're Brits in the afternoon, and I'm trying to think of something to talk about, but then later on, fucking anything goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what is it about British and American culture? And have you experienced that yourself? I mean, from my experience with a lot of Americans, they're all very happy all the time. And me as a British person, I'm moany and I'm never happy and I'm exhausted all the time. But get a drink in me and I'm like, let's go. So I feel like there's some time, and that's a very general comment about Americans, by the way, anyone listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I used to work in retail and stuff back in the day, Anyone that's American would be like, hello, how are you doing? Like smiling. And I'd be like, hi, 
you know, real, real struggle bus. So do you think we're brought up not to be too attention seeking as children because we might embarrass ourselves or be seen as a show off? Yeah, I uh, think Whereas so. when I watch a lot of, I know I'm only watching American films, but even when you watch American parenting, you tell someone, you got something inside you, buddy, you let it out. Okay? Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's more of that. Oh no, I think we're so much more reserved in this country. I think as a kid, it was always like, don't embarrass me. Don't do that. Don't touch anything in this shop, you know. And uh, I, I feel like I, over the years, I've had to like, combat that and kind of come out my shell more because you know as as an artist as an actor everything you can't be like that mm. whereas I do I do think it's how your upbringing definitely so, so Matt sadly we know we know by comparing the statistics that Americans don't do much better with their men and their suicide rate and everything like that so mm. my question to you is is it real then all this American day and molding and explaining and sharing is not leading to many different outcomes so is it fake uh, to be fair, I don't think it's as fake as people think it is. So what's what's going on there? Is it is it a, more, a confidence in getting attention for your needs? We're talking about healthy attention seeking now, bringing attention to yourself. You're just better at it. I grew up in the Midwest, and to be fair, when I go back there now, it, it everybody's happy. <laughs> I mean, it's just like every single day of the week, everybody is happy, and it's a genuine a genuine thing. <laughs> You know, I don't know if it's because of the the American experience or, you know, we live on the best country in the world, which I think is bullshit. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I, I think me living out of the UK for the past on and off for the past 15 years and living in New York and now being in L.A., it's a sort of continental divide as well. New Yorkers are very much like English. You know, you keep your head down and it's and then, and, until you get to the pub after work. Although it's interesting to compare New York and um, London, because I remember I was working in L.A. filming and I was, they were like, where are you filming next to me in New York? They were like, oh, good luck, buddy. Whoa, they're so rude. And I was like, shit, man. Yeah, I'm born in red London. I was shitting myself. And the New Yorker yeah. version of rude is have quite a nice day, okay? I hope your day is 20% fucking nice. <laughs> in London, it's like, get out of a shop, you can. <laughs> uh, just, I love the American version of rude and head down. There's still an American version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, in regards to what you were saying, still men being able to talk about things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've personally, I feel that the, that English men are more open to speaking about things with their male mates, you know, or maybe their partner. That's curious, isn't it? You would one would assume that the country that had more sort of emotional uh, display and more literacy in that department would naturally have men that shared better. Yeah. No. I, I I understand. I think there's a little bit more, especially you know, in the Midwest here in the states. It's there's still a lot of toxic masculinity, you know, and I we can see what's going on in Texas right now and, you know, and our gun culture here and it, society as a whole don't allow men to open up and it has to be that rough and tough sort of mentality. And it's, it's sad. Well, we're out of time. I think what a pair of us need, Matt, is wigs, quite clearly. <laughs> I need wigs and tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never a bad night. Oh, well, thank, thank you very much. I've been Russell Kane. I'm, I'm in London. There's Matt Evers there. He's over in the city that never weeps. Uh, Los Angeles <laughs> and true. then of course is Ella Dagnum yeah so thank thank you very much for joining us Ella day and Matt Evers anything you want to plug guys or- uh, you'll find me on 
Instagram, L of a day. I use that one mostly. I can't stand Twitter. What have I got coming up? Got to film some other hoods coming out at some point and yeah, various other bits. Just keep keep an eye on Instagram. And Matt, if we don't just want to laugh at your engaging content on Instagram, where can we see you strutting your stuff next on Frozen Water? Yeah, I mean, all across social media, the Matt Evers. Uh, and I'm going to be doing the ultimate attention-seeking show, the Celebrity Karaoke, coming Ooh. up on ITV2. Hurrah! Well, thank you very much for listening. I've been Russell Kane. If you've come here as fans of either of these two, highly likely, hang around, hit subscribe, and do leave a review because I read all my reviews into a record of them, play them to myself out of a window with a speaker while everyone looks on. That's just how I roll. Goodbye. <laughs>